tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Oh, yeah. Radio.fm. It's the Mark and Mag Show as we uh, are up and out of my... I don't even know. That. I'm. Are we? It, it's so cool outside <laughs> this morning. It's like October. I'm telling you. Oh. We knew it was coming, though. Yep. yep. You, I mean, you go outside and you take that... Oh, wow. Okay. I can breathe. And I'm not wet yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Maybe I am, but that's just age. I'm not wet from the humidity. That's pretty <laughs> exciting. So we had that going on today. And I'm, but I, yesterday you and I were talking about the, uh, the weather forecast, you know, yeah. for this week where we are and, uh, it's looking pretty moderate, you know, mm, yeah. like mine for where I live is a little different than where you live. Right. And, yeah. you know, usually Just a, a little. couple of degrees difference, but yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, but generally speaking, a high, a high today, a high today in the low eighties. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's going to be not nice. normal August weather. <laughs> no, it's not, and it's <laughs> not going to get out of the 80s for the rest of the week. And I'm looking at the extended forecast. It's not going to get into the even into the mid 80s for the next week and a half. I'm looking here. Wow. wow, all the way through the end of the month, it looks like it gets into up to the low to mid 80s, and that's it. So fall is here. We, yeah. we came in early. August. <laughs> yeah, which here's what that essentially means. My pool is now done because it's going to get chilly enough at night and not hot enough during the day. So all the work I've put into it, all the money I've poured into it, right. usually we can go all the way through Labor Day, you yep. know, yep. Memorial to Labor Day always. And usually I don't cover mine until late September, early October, because I always have that hope that, yeah, we'll go swimming one more time. But not now. Now it's like I know that I need to go ahead and right. just plan it. But you know what? The idea of covering up my pool when we have not ended summer technically just as there's something wrong with that, mm-hmm. man. You're right. You're absolutely right. You want to be able to get this next one. It's just like two and a half weeks until Labor Day. <laughs> yeah. You want to be able to get that just that little bit out. Can I please yeah. have you that know, two and a half weeks, please? But no. Well, we've actually had it. Now, you know, we've got with me, uh, Andrew, and Tyler, we all have birthdays in a three-week period of time, September, October. Mm-hmm. And we have had it where it was hot enough one year where it stayed warm enough overnight where we could swim on Andrew's birthday, on my birthday, rather. Yeah. But it, that was on the 17th, but then Andrew's is on the 23rd of September. And in between the 17th, when it was all, it, we could still swim to the 23rd. No, not, it didn't even come. It just dropped and that was it. Hmm. Then one year we came close to being able to do it around Tyler's birthday, but he wasn't living here and it, you know, it didn't matter. Right. You know, it's like, but you just get to that point where come next uh, March, and Tyler will be, Papa, when you going to uncover the pool? Papa, when you... And it'll be, like, freezing. He'll turn blue to get in it. Yes. But now you yes. go out there, and the temperature in the pool is 78 degrees. This is too cold. I don't feel like it. What? <laughs> I'll throw you. Put your nose plug in, boy. You're swimming. Come on. Papa works hard on this. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. Mark and Mag Show. And uh, do we have already on this show a Guinness World Record story? <laughs> you know what? I believe we do. What is that? It's a major award. Shucks, I wouldn't have known that. It looks like a lamb. A South Carolina man is trying to break his own Guinness World Record by taking his custom-built golf cart to speeds in excess of 150 miles per hour. 
Robbie, uh, Robbie Steen of Fort Mill, who previously set the Guinness World Record for the fastest golf cart with a 118.76 mile per hour drive in 2014, said he'll attempt the record again on Wednesday. And this time he expects to increase the record to faster than 150 miles per hour. Steen, whose family business, Plum Quick Motors, <laughs> has been building golf carts for 46 years and his latest speedy cart has been six years in the making he says we work on it or i work on it nights and weekends uh, steen and it said his helpers in building the carter his twin sons jacob and noah he says this one is capable on paper of a lot more than the other ones have been but it's if it'll actually stay on the track mm. <laughs> wow <laughs> Okay. So he sets the record for 150, but he's not on the track at the time. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing, Mark. You know, when uh, when when Evil Knievel wanted to jump the Grand Canyon and ended up trying to jump the Snake River with a rocket-propelled motorcycle, they right. said, hey, you know, Evil, um, we used a rocket and put guys on the moon a couple of years ago. Um, this isn't that big of a deal. I look at this and I think, hey, uh, go to the Talladega Super Speedway if you live in this part of Alabama and go to the uh, museum and you're going to see go-karts that have been raced by guys like Lake Speed and people like that Yeah, um, when they were 10. And see how fast those little go-karts went. And then go look at Awesome Bill from Dawsonville when he set the track record back in the day at Talladega at over 212 miles an hour or whatever it was. Wow. He said, they asked me, hey, Bill, do you think they'll, ever be, they'll be able to build a car that goes around faster? And he said, yeah. I just didn't know who will get to drive it. You know, there's a, a point in time where it makes sense to do it. A right. golf cart at 150 miles an hour. I get it. It's a great hobby. You spend a lot of extra time on it. But to be honest with you, at the end of the day, I've got a car in my driveway that can go that fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I didn't spend six years working on it. That's right. Just it's been a lot longer working on a Bradley GT that won't go 10 miles an hour, but that's a different story. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show where um let's see if we were to put together all of the weird stories we have done over the years mark mm -hmm. i wonder how many we would have really i mean we've done some really crazy stories over the years yeah true but i'm thinking about we've never done one you know quite like this where the headline says three men break world record by visiting all 50 states in five days mm. that had to take a lot of planning and yes it did and uh, broke a lot of speed laws <laughs> a trio of travelers broke a world record with a whirlwind trip that took them all to all 50 states in five days 13 hours and 10 minutes Peter McConville wow. of Austin set out on the journey with friends Pavel Pasha Ketchatov, also of Austin, and Abdullahi Salah of Minneapolis. The men started their trip in Vermont and aimed to take the record from Thomas Cannon and Justin Morris, who visited all 50 states with a time of five days, 16 hours and 20 minutes. The trio Mark, started. Yes. The guy's name is Thomas Cannon. Is he the guy they named the cannonball run after? And is that what we're talking about here? Where? Burt Reynolds, Burt Convy. Yeah, right. Fair, you know, where are these people that are doing the cannonball run or the gumball rally, if you remember that one? I do remember that one, yeah. Um, the trio started out their journey by car before switching to air travel for their journeys to Alaska and Hawaii, where they completed the trip with a, f a final time of five days, 13 hours, and 10 minutes. Um, 
<laughs> McConville says, I can't even describe what that experience was, not only because we were so tired, but because we were seeing so much at once. But being able to pull it off, honestly, like the best sunrise I've seen. It was amazing. Well, Guinness World Records, the reason I didn't give them a, you know, the intro oh. is because they discontinued its their record category for speedy travel back in 1996 because they didn't want to encourage speeding or reckless driving. But McConville and his friends are now listed as speed record holders by the All 50 States Club. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I thought the All 50 States Club meant something else. All right. Well, I'm good. Right. I'm, I'm kind of cool with this. Huh? Hmm. All right. Woohoo! Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, this is these guys saw the United States like Chevy Chase saw the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Life Radio FM. It's the Mark and Mag Show, and you know, Mark. A couple of minutes ago, when we were talking about those guys that did the uh, the trip to all fifty states and set yeah. a record or whatever, and. I mentioned Cannonball because the guy's last name is Cannon. Right. That Cannonball Run movie mm-hmm. that Burt Reynolds, you know, that made him at the time the highest paid movie star. Wow. That in the first the, because he did he got a million dollars for like three weeks of work or something like yeah. that. If some it might have been a lot more. It might have been five million. It, I think it actually was five million for three weeks of work. It was some yeah. crazy number. And it was in the early eighties, but that was like. You know, when you, um, when you climb that mountain, you know, and you get all the way to the top and it's pretty heady space when you're number one, right? You're yeah, top yeah, of the pyramid. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that on the way up, you're picking a great bouquet of flowers, getting, creating a lot of memories and everything else. And you get to the top, but once you get to the very top of the mountain, the rarefied air makes it difficult <laughs> to smell the flowers and you kind of lose your sense of direction. Hmm. That's why when you get to the top of the, a lot of time you have to have a gas mask. You got to have something that gives you extra oxygen or you lose yourself. And, and that's what happens. And so you get to the top and somebody says, Hey, I'll give you 5 million bucks to work three weeks on a really bad movie. And you say, heck yeah, I'm cashing the check. And then your fans who are used to seeing you go, Hey, it's a Burt Reynolds movie. Let's go see it. Right. And you go see it and you're like, this is worse than a made for TV movie that showed up on Saturday morning television. And so here comes the trip back down the hill. The thing is, it's very fast because you only get one of those. The next time your movie comes out, people are like, I saw the last one. We ain't playing this game, Homer. And you end up splat. That's how it happens. Just like oh, that. Man. So cannonball run. But yep. the cannonball run was a funny movie. It, it, it made a lot yeah. of money. Mm-hmm. And the reason it made a lot of money is it had all the elements. It had a superstar cast of characters, a lot of them older, but they were still mm-hmm. performing. Yeah. And. It actually had a time element, you know, getting from one place to another. So the movie continually moved forward. Right. Well, just because you got away with it the first time doesn't mean you should make a sequel. <laughs> they did. And it flopped. So, yep. there you have it. But, I, just, I just remember, I, I don't, I think Cannonball Run was the first movie I ever saw where they put the uh, outtakes in the credits at the end. Yeah. You know, yep. it was a very, and the, the outtakes were just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that is, I remember that too now. Yeah. But you know what? When I go and look at it now and I look at Burt Reynolds' movies from back then, I think there were some of those movies where he was using the wrong toupee guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, I, I have to tell you, I saw this story headline the other day and 
My first thought was, I have never thought about going to the police over losing a pair of shoes ever in my life. <laughs> or, or the headline said, police. Yeah, police in Ohio searching for a wallaby on the loose. <laughs> I had those shoes. They were cool. Those wallabies. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what and, you're talking about. But that, that's not what these are. Um, police in Ohio said they're on the hunt for a wallaby spotted wandering loose on multiple occasions in recent days. Now, if that was a shoe, we have a lot more to worry about if it's wandering well, on the loose thinking, on its own. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's another one of those YouTube ghost shows. Yeah. Uh, the Brewster Police Department said a member of the public reported seeing a baby kangaroo on the loose in Stark County on Thursday. And police later learned the animal was actually a wallaby, a smaller cousin of the kangaroo. The animal was spotted again Friday and Saturday, and police were able to locate the wallaby in the woods, but were not successful in capturing it. Police have not revealed the origins of the animal, but no wallabies were reported missing from any area zoos. The department warned members of the public not to attempt to approach the wallaby. Why? I mean, I don't know enough about them other than they're actually slow enough we can turn shoes out of them. So, well, you know. <laughs> well the only I can think of two reasons. One, uh, right. that, that it would run again and it would be harder to find. Right. So it, it's going to mm-hmm. take off again. The other, like its big brother or its cousin, the kangaroo, it's probably got a hefty little kick, you know. Oh. <laughs> so you might end up getting hurt by the wallaby if you don't know what you're doing. But I went ahead and picked, pulled up a picture just, you know, to see. And if I... Okay, just so you know, if I saw this in the woods, I would think I found a really ugly kangaroo. You know, because it looks like a kangaroo, but not really, you know. It's like, right, oh, yeah. man, I was so excited to get a kangaroo for a pet, and I ended up with this one. Come on. No wonder I, you know. But right. And you realize. But that's why they turned them into shoes, because you got the kangaroo over here, and then you got this guy. Nobody's going to want this as a pet, so actually, they taste like chicken. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. And, uh, you know, Mark, we have uh, fun on the show. And I know I'm going to get letters about the last break about wallabies and wallabies. food and shoes. And, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wallaby. It's, the, it's the other white well, meat. Um, <laughs> well, I felt bad about that until I saw this about a goat. Now we got goat stories. But mm-hmm. here's the deal. Because, you know, I didn't. All right, I only knew of the wallaby as the shoe. I knew it was an animal, but I didn't know it looked like an, the ugly cousin of the kangaroo. I didn't know that, okay? <laughs> okay? I'm not making... And if you're a wallaby person, good for you. I'm not knocking that. I'm trying to give a description, and that's what I would understand if somebody said that. But I'll never forget, 4th of July remote, I was having to do at a car dealership in Bessemer, Alabama. LaDonna had been talking about how they used to cook out a barbecue a goat on the fourth of july that was her oh, yeah. family did every fourth of july oh. and i didn't believe her i was like come on now yeah. you're you know you're messing with me you're just and pulling my leg kidding. now come on yes <laughs> and as we drove on the way to this remote we drove by a place and it was an old barbecue shack one of those on the side of the road that you wouldn't normally stop but you know if you do it's gonna be the best food you've ever eaten oh yeah and yeah. and they had a sign fourth of july goat and <laughs> i thought she really went out of her way to pull my leg. You know, that's all I was thinking. But found out it was real. So now whenever I see, like, this one, emotional support goats, I'm thinking I actually do find a lot of comfort in the food I eat. Mm-hmm. But I don't know the goat would be my comfort food, you know? So 
Well, we've seen it all going through airports, you know, emotional support animals. We've had stories about emotional support peacocks, guinea pigs, chihuahuas. Uh, if you need support while you're working in the garden, though, you live in North Little Rock, you can try getting a goat, an emotional support yeah. a sport goat, that is. Resident Willie Baker's next door post from a few days ago has already attracted about 200 comments. While some are unfazed by the noisy <laughs> ungulates go look it up i'm not gonna tell um <laughs> others recommend a, a neighborhood goat roast and here is her post on uh, next door help the tranquil sa- sanctity of my backyard has been invaded a couple of weeks ago the new neighbors next door moved in and to my surprise they brought with them a couple of goats Yes, I said goats. Screaming, bellowing goats. Now, after spending over thirty thousand dollars my backyard for my backyard to be the place my place of zen, my wife and I have to listen to goats all the time. I called animal control. They informed me that this it, that it is against the law to have farm animals within the city limits. The, the the officials paid a visit over there and gave them 24 hours to get rid of the goats. They came back with a doctor's statement that the goats were for emotional support. Animal wow. control just backed off. Is there anything wow. I can do or am I designed to pay city taxes and yet live on a farm? Do I even have the right to sit on my back deck in peace and quiet? Open for legal suggestions. Well, Mark, life on the farm is kind of laid back. <laughs> Ain't nothing that a country boy he can't have. <laughs> early to bed, <laughs> early to rise, early in the sack. Thank God I'm a country boy. That's right. <laughs> Emotional well, support goats. Oh, crank up the grill and start grilling goat and say, hey, they come <laughs> off that chain. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and uh, we appreciate you joining us every day we do uh, we do ask if you have a chance to share it with somebody to say listening to the mark and mac show or listening to liferadio.fm make sure you include the .fm because life radio if you download the app there are a couple of choices so yeah. anyway none of them um, are as good as us <laughs> usually when um you have a wedding story and yeah. police being called it's because there was a family feud <laughs> Um, something bad happened at the reception. I mean, uh, an old lady gets mad. I mean, there are any number of reasons please get called. Right. But this is probably one of the first times I've seen them called for this reason. Mm-hmm. Patrick and Hannah Mahoney of Quincy, Mass, got married Saturday on Thompson Island in Boston Harbor. Hannah was already, already on the island with Patrick set to ferry over, but the boat that was supposed to bring the groom to his bride broke down. Patrick said, I was in a little bit of a panic. Um, Hannah said, it was our florist, our DJ, all the groomsmen, the groom. I think it would have been just a bunch of girls sitting on the island waiting around. (laughs) Patrick said, uh, Patrick was stranded at the dock, and the replacement ferry ended up leaving 40 minutes late. That's when the Boston Police Department's Harbor Patrol Unit came to the rescue. Boston Police Officers Joseph Matthew and Stephanie, uh, uh, Stephanie McGrath quickly responded to the dock and were able to ferry Patrick, the groomsman, the DJ, a photographer, and the florist, along with the floral arrangements, to Thompson Island while making up some time on the water. Matthews said, uh, we had six minutes to spare. It'll give them something to remember. Getting a ride on a police boat is kind of of special for their big day. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even if the uh, 
the BPD Harbor Patrol unit had not come to the rescue, Patrick said nothing would have stopped him from trying to, uh, tying the knot with Anna. Quote, we would have waited for low tide at 6 p.m. and probably walked. Well, if you had plan B, okay, yeah. <laughs> why go to all this trouble? I mean, you know. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know as we are now in that time of year where many children are headed back to school not all i mean there are still some that you know live in school districts that uh, take in later it's so funny though it, it seems like just about everywhere kids go back to school in august now whereas we used to go in after labor day right, I, yeah. I could be wrong mark i i don't you know how it is when you try to remember things right but I saw, you know, somebody posted something on Facebook the other day and talked about going to school the week before Labor Day, like taking yeah. back in school on Thursday right. and then getting a three-day weekend. Mm -hmm. I remember that one when I was in high school. Yeah, me too. Uh, but it seems like when I when I was younger than that, that we took in in September after Labor Day and right. got out. But we got out in the first week or two of June. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah. Okay, but again, it doesn't really matter. It's just weird, though, because... Uh, Right now, you still have some kids doing summertime stuff, you know, while others are already back in school. Yeah. And it'll happen again in June. That's when it really gets me mm -hmm. is I'll do this. There'll be a story that about these kids at school or whatever, and it'll be the middle of June. And our kids have been out for almost a month. Right. You know, that's when yeah. it really is weird. But yeah. anyway. I'm seeing a lot of a lot of parents sharing pictures of that last blast, you know, where they're, oh, yeah. going, they're going to do the last thing they're going to do this summer. They're doing the yeah. beach trips. They're doing all this other stuff right now. Because, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because they're all going to be back in school really soon. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's so weird, Mark, that, and I mentioned it earlier about the weather for us, we have hit fall all of a sudden and it looks like we really have, yeah. you know, hit the wall here, which, Hey, it happens. You know, we've had living in Alabama weather wise is really a treat. It really is. For those of you who don't live here, um, we make jokes about it, but we really do have all four seasons. It's mm -hmm. just sometimes they don't last as long as you might think. Right. And it seems like this past spring, we had a longer spring than normal. Um, it didn't really get hot until late May. And usually we get some fairly hot days in April and May, you know, right. um, enough that we can crank open the pool. Like I normally, my normal year is by the end of March, first week of April, my pool is ready to go and I'm, you know, ready. But this year it was the middle of May before I even bothered to uncover it because well it just wasn't warm enough. And now here we are in August. Yeah. When normally it's you know, normally the pool is wonderful right now and yep. no worries, but the kids nobody wants to swim because they're in fall weather mode, you know, yeah. back at school. It's kind of that's like usually the battle. Somebody put the dog days of summer in the pound because Yes. <laughs> you know <laughs> Wow. Is that a politically correct term? The pound? I, I don't care. I know you and I use it, but we both, you know, uh, I'm, I'm referring to the, Oh, okay, well, I'm referring to the dog pound, but I guess yes. that's not politically correct anymore. Is it? Yeah. And we I have to I be so it. sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. Remember, remember there was a movie that came out a few years ago and, um, it had uh, Marky Mark. Um, and it was about adopting, uh, foster kids. Okay. Um, instant family, I think is what it was called. It's actually based on a true story, but anyway, he, they were at this foster parent meeting where they were uh, trying to learn what it would be like to be foster parents, you know, and, um, and 
he said, well, you know, we have a, a rescue dog. You know, they used to call him, you know, pound dogs. Right? Said, instead of calling them, you know, the pound, instead of calling a foster, call them rescue, rescue kids. Right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, and they're like, well, normally we don't like to compare our children in the system, you know, to dogs. Oh, <laughs> I, all I could think of was, how did they get Mark and Mac together into one character, you know? <laughs> the Mark and Mac Show. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and mark you know there is a term that has been used um when somebody usually okay when a white somebody does something to a person of color Mm -hmm. and i'll use the example they will call her a karen um a karen would be a middle-aged female calling the police on a uh, young African-American girl selling lemonade, yeah, okay, right. without a license. That's right. That would be a Karen. And the reason I said that, that actually happened, okay, there sure. actually is yeah. a Karen who called the cops on girls selling something. But right. anyway, yeah. so every year we have a story about children selling lemonade or Kool-Aid or something on the mm-hmm. side of the road yep. to make money for back to school or a vacation or any number of things. When you and I were kids, Kool-Aid actually sold, or they, if you saved enough of their little packet things, where you could get a Kool-Aid stand made out of cardboard. Just, I know this because my mom got me one. Wow. And, yeah. And so it was a whole big thing. It had Kool-Aid's logo. It was made out of cardboard, so you could put it all together, and you set it up out front, and you could serve, you know, sell Kool-Aid. It was really cool. Nice. But cool for Kool-Aid. It was yeah. a little aid. It was, <laughs> it was a cool aid. There so, you go. But I'm up. Thank you. <laughs> well, an eight-year-old girl selling lemonade near a food festival had her operation shut down by the cops after they received a complaint. Asa Baker was selling lemonade in an alley outside the business where her father works near, uh, let's see, where her father works in Ohio when the officers arrived. Annoyed, they were forced to step in and follow the law. The police officers are said to have given her $20 so she could pay for the permit she needed. Alliance Police Lieutenant Don Don Wenzel says police received a complaint from festival organizers. Katrina Moore, Ace's mother, said, I could definitely tell he did not want to shut her down, but I mean, you get a call, he has to do it. Lieutenant Wenzel said that while police are not targeting children selling lemonade, the city states that vendors must obtain a license before selling products to the public. Ace's mom added, in order to get a food vendor's license, it only lasts for five days, and it's $40 for five days, so that's kind of out of the picture. Wow. If she wants to sell on the street, she has to get a street permit. If she sells in front of a business, we have to get a solicitor's wow. permit. Baker's wow. Lemonade Stand was up and running again Friday in front of the local mm-hmm. business uh, business owner, Eric Strada's location, where the police said they would not interfere. Wow. So. Yeah. Every year. You know. Yep. Every year. Just. But I, I love it that they gave her 20 bucks, you know? Yeah. Here. here yeah. You know? <laughs> I do. I uh, Just why? I can't, you know, sometimes yeah. you just look at these things and shake your head and go, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. But really, come on. Yeah. I mean, there has to be some whatever you want to call it. But anyway, while we were doing that, I looked up because I thought, I bet I could find one of these cardboard Kool-Aid stands for sale now, you know? <laughs> sure enough. How about that? It's Vintage 1970s Kool-Aid stand cardboard store display. Hmm. Okay. 
how much that's they want not for the it. same thing. One hundred twenty <laughs> bucks. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Wow, one hundred twenty bucks, and that's not the one we had. It's similar, yeah. but I, no. but that's not the one I had. I mean, I didn't. I, and I'm telling you, I, I remember my mom bringing it home, and that's not what it looked like. But yeah. anyway. It probably was a store display that she got. You know, I have no, I was a kid. I was not old enough to, re- I just remember having it and being so excited. But the thing is, is that when I put a, uh, when I got the whole Kool-Aid thing filled up, um, it, it wouldn't hold it. You know, it, kept, <laughs> it was cardboard <laughs> and I already got it wet probably. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know just let me give you a little back store stuff here okay back of the room all, all right, right yeah. so we're talking about the lemonade stands and mark remembers a story about a kid who raised a really a huge amount of money uh during the sturges bike rally thing mm-hmm. yeah and so i looked it up real quick I me mean, music's playing i got time right you know computers run everything now back in the day <laughs> when we did this you had a lot to do when yeah. music was playing. You had a lot going on, but now uh, the computers have it all. So basically, we all have our own producer. Oh. And so, you know, we twit- tiddlywinks. So mm-hmm. anyway, I looked it up. And uh, what the kid did, though, is he put free lemonade donations accepted. Right. And I made a joke. I said, you know, if it was a Christian, it would have said love offering. Mm-hmm. And that took us to Big Daddy Weave, <laughs> Mike and Jay, telling stories about when they were doing praise and worship stuff for youth groups. Yeah. And, you know, okay, you've got, think about it. Mike and Jay were not little boys. All right. Mm-hmm. The, the Weaver, the Big Daddy Weave, mm-hmm. big actually was a fitting. Oh, thing. yeah. Yeah. And now, granted, Jay passed away right. um, at the beginning of this year. And, and it's sad that, you know, he had a lot of health issues. But yeah. bottom line is they told stories about, you know, they would play a youth thing and, you know, they'd have an agreement because they needed the money for gas in the van, mm-hmm. you know, food or whatever to get to their next gig. Right. I mean, that's how they made their living. And they would book these things out of church and the church would, yes, we'll pay you X number of dollars. Right. But then they do the gig. And at the end of it, they're waiting for their money. And the pastor, usually a youth pastor would say, you know, we took up a love offering and it wasn't nearly what we hoped, but here's what we have. And here's a bag of sandwiches, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, 30 bucks and a, and a hefty bag of sandwiches. Uh-huh. Yes. And I did. It was Mike. I think, I don't know. I guess it was Mike said, I know we're fat, but you know, come on, you know, it's like, <laughs> we have to feed the bus, not us. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, it's so funny. And so I talked to a few others. Remember uh, Bobby Humphrey, mm-hmm. um, the former, uh, Alabama, all American and played in the NFL was an all pro and then became a coach for the Birmingham steel dogs. His son, uh, Marlon playing for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, anyway, Bobby was talking about, you know, after his playing days were over and he was coaching the Steel Dogs, that he would get a lot of requests to speak at churches. Yeah. And he said that, you know, he did it because, you know, it's one of those things you do when you're a part of a team to draw attention to right. it. Yeah. And um, what happened, though, is they, um, in booking him, the team actually had to make a set price. Because they would invite him out to speak, and it was on a Sunday, and this is when the kids were small at home. It would be on a Sunday or a Wednesday night or a Saturday morning. It was time that he normally would have with his family, with his children. Right. And oftentimes, it wasn't close to home. It would be an hour, hour and a half long drive Mm. each way. And so you're talking about just a three hours drive time, two hours at the event. You know, you're talking about an entire day gone for a love offering. 
And it wasn't about the money. It, but it was like, there's got to be some kind of compensation for this because, you know, anyway, yeah. they had a set price. And he said, that's why they did it, because he would go and spend all this time away from his family and they'd take up a love offering and it'd be $12 and 13 cents, you yeah, know, not yeah. even enough gas to go back home. Yep. And like, well, you're rich. You played in the NFL. Like, well, no, I was rich when I was 25, you know, <laughs> but I'm not rich at 40. <laughs> no. Anyway, it's just kind of funny how that works, you know. And yes, it is. All that because of a little kid, you know, getting shut down for not having a permit to sell lemonade. Wow. How bad would you feel? Well, you wouldn't feel bad if you did it, but, you know. I don't know. If we'll your look- neighbors found out that yeah. you were the one that called the cops on a kid, you know. Oh. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show and a uh, beautiful day in the neighborhood for those of us who like fall weather. I'm <laughs> pretty excited yeah. about this, Mark. We, we looked at it yesterday and I said, hey, man, it's looking like it's, you know, for where I live, we're going to have a couple of days in a row of these fall like temperatures. And today they've amended the forecast and it's like maybe fall is already here. So wow. now we won't feel really totally weird going to, you know, the store to get your chlorine and stuff for the pool mm-hmm. and finding Santa Claus. But, you know, wow. <laughs> this global warming stuff is really hard to understand. <laughs> hey, did you see the thing where they're talking about La Nina this year? That you know, no. it's going to be like a triple. Sh- yeah, I saw this. I don't know what it actually means because they just make stuff up. But, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> do you remember? The guy and you, McMurtry, I think it was his last yeah, name. Yeah, Grady, Grady McMurtry. Grady. Yeah. Oh, brilliant guy. Yeah. He um was talking about how scientists make stuff up because I didn't know that, Mark. Did you? <laughs> no. I at the time, at the time, no. Um, I, I think at the time, and I probably said it to you that that real science and real biblical faith don't ever really clash because yeah. real science always supports biblical biblical right. teaching and and. Uh, but there's a lot out just, there that's supposition and, you know, theory yeah. and, and the like, and that's when we well, get in trouble. Yeah. And that's when Grady, he was talking about how, you know, the scientists in quotes, you know, claim the earth is X number of years old. Mm-hmm. So the system is X and, um, and he said that they just make it up to fit their theory. And I thought he was joking until he pointed it out and showed where they had changed these things over time. Yeah. And I'm like, but you know, because we're not, scientists we're not in that world i mean you just look at it and go oh, okay I, I guess that might be true mm. but they do just make something up it's like to fit what they want to believe yeah and it makes absolutely no sense but when it comes to weather patterns we all those of us with a rational mind know that over the centuries there have been lots of uh, weather patterns that mm-hmm. have done a lot of weird things there have been times of of great uh flooding and times of uh uh, great drought. Yeah. 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 And hot temperatures, cold, and it has nothing to do with man made Mm, anything. It just is cyclical, but it, I just feel like we're banging our head in a brick wall because you're talking to somebody that you think, you know, is somewhat intelligent and they will not, they just will not see the truth. And half the time I think, Mark, are they messing with me? You know, (laughs) are they doing this on purpose? Because, well, and they are. It's that old, you know, there's that old joke, don't confuse me with the facts my mind is made up, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's what comes to mind. But but 
wow what what gets me there's two things is uh, that mm. when you're talking about the the climate and everybody's all on this big man-made climate change thing which yeah. they say all oh, that we have all this data actually you have a lot of data but none of it really proves what you're claiming yeah you know because we don't have records that go back far enough for you to be able to to come to a conclusion about this what right. you have is a theory and they that's the same the same way they you know they they support everything uh, is they say well this is the this is the best we could this is our best information our best our i don't want to say guess because it's not really right. a guess but it's our best uh assessment of how this probably came to be right but it's still a theory and if you say but it's still a theory then they will tell you yes but it's the best theory we have and as though oh that's 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 okay when it's settled no it's not right. it's still a theory <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of what grady mcmurtry was trying to get across right. it's not it's still it's science is a search for knowledge it's not it's not an answer to everything because real science is never settled it's never right. settled because you're always trying to figure out okay well this is very black and white wait a minute if we look closer at it dang it there are gray areas oh wait right. a minute those gray areas are lots of little black and white areas but there's more gray areas, you know, <laughs> and that's the thing. You're constantly searching for answers. It's not the science is never the answer. It's the quest for the answer. So when you say the, the uh, science is settled, all you're doing is telling everybody, well, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark, there are days on this show where there will be a story or you know something I've never heard of before, right? Uh, or a word I've never heard. Yeah. Um, earlier today, we were talking about wallabies. I knew that a wallaby was an animal. I knew that there was a shoe. I knew, but I didn't really know much about them until you told me the story. Right. So now, now context will kind of help, but <laughs> the term splooting. Right. Squirrels mm -hmm. are splooting all over New York City. Yeah. Been a really hot summer in New York City. Right. Really hot. And the continued heat has impacted more than just the behavior of the people. Squirrels right. in New York City parks have been spotted sprawled out on their stomachs with their, their legs, all four legs, stretched out on those very yeah. warm days. Or splooting, as it's less commonly known. That's called. That's what that is? That's called splooting. Those huh. catching a glimpse of the squirrels in this peculiar position have posted photos online. More than 40,000 posts on Instagram <laughs> have been tagged with the word splooting, with posts showing squirrels, dogs, even cats in that position. As it turns out, the activity is actually healthy for animals and is one way that helps them cool down amid extreme summer heat. Many mammals have less fur on their bellies compared to the rest of their bodies, so on hot days, the animals will lie flat on their stomach against cooler surfaces, you know, like rocks or cooler ground, to shed some heat and keep cool. That's according wow. to Dan Blumstein, a professor of ecology and evolutionary biology at the University of California, Los Angeles. The New York City Parks Department took to Twitter to let others know this activity is perfectly normal and healthy for mammals. Quote, if you see a squirrel lying down like this, don't worry. It's just fine. On hot days, squirrels keep cool by splooting. <laughs> the How funny. The department said that in a viral tweet. 
<laughs> splooting. I did not know that's yeah. what that meant. I, I thought because it was New York City and, you know, hot people get mad or whatever. I mm. thought it had something to do with looting, like they were spitting while they were looting or something, you know. I had no idea. Well, you can add a new term to your lexicon. <laughs> what are you doing? Okay. I'm splooting. Well, actually, I'm now adding lexicon. And, uh, <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know mark yesterday i actually was wondering about this about libraries today yeah, yeah and wondering because we hear so little about people reading books anymore you know they might read them online or True. read articles online and things right. like that but you know just to give you a little heads up the library actually has a lot more than just books you know um most libraries will rent videos right. slash DVDs right. of movies. Yep. Uh, they will, le- I mean, not rent. They will let you check them out. Yeah. Um, not every library is the same, but I know that in our community, we have several local libraries that have really extensive collections of things that you can check out for free. The only time you have to pay is if it's late when you return it, you know, and the late fees and things like that you right. know, or whatever. But anyway, it's, it's just funny how we forget yeah. That when you and I were kids and we had to research a term paper that you had to do before you graduated, you had to do your research in the library. True. That was where you had to go pretty much. And still, if you really, if you really want to get information, some information, you might be better off in a library because yeah. there is certain, if you have a, like, if you have a niche interest in something, um, you can find, you can find stuff online about it, but odds are there have been books published that are not online. Right. And you'll be able to find them through a library about certain things and it's just more in-depth look yeah more in-depth looks and and publications which have been overlooked you're they're just not online they're not on the web right you know and there's anyway it's just stuff out there it is and that's what i i it's just kind of funny because i think um like hannah and here the genesis of all this is hannah was talking about taking braylon to the library right and i thought how unique that was you know for Mm -hmm. generationally speaking because i know we took the kids to the library we wanted them to know what it was but if you remember back then, um, the internet was a thing, you know, but it wasn't like it is today. I mean, it was a little bit different. And mm. anyway, not everybody had a computer at home. Right. We wanted our kids to actually know that, oh, you know, we man. didn't want them to take it for granted. You know, yeah. that I, I you remember know. as a kid, my mom taking me to the library and learning how the card file system worked. Learning oh, the Dewey Decimal System? The Dewey system? Decimal System, yeah. Learning how all that works. Wow. Pulling a card, finding finding in that card file system, finding the book by the author, you know, finding the, oh, that's mm-hmm. the one I want. That's the one I heard about. I want to read this one. And then having to go find it in the in the racks of books all over the place, you know. Yep. That, and there's a certain wow. smell. There's, there's a certain smell to books <laughs> in a library, you know. Yeah. There's a certain yeah, scent that's what I, to it, yeah. That's what I tell everybody after I've been there. That was <laughs> oh, the book. Thanks. It was It was the book. It was going so well so well <laughs> you know mark there's I, I was doing a term paper in high school i'll never forget and uh i actually accidentally stole a book from the oh, library oh no well i did i didn't t- i didn't check it out i didn't know it until after i was taking some books back and realized that i had this book oh, and gosh. i there was a mo- i'm like well what happens now i mean yeah. i have it and Everything is there. It had the little card and everything was because oh, yeah. I didn't, you know, check it out. Right. I felt so weird. I thought, are they going to like, I'm going to turn it in and they're going to have me arrested. I mean, what's <laughs> going to happen? So 
<laughs> all I did was I went back to where it belonged and put it right back in the rack. You know, yeah, I didn't yeah. say anything because yeah. I, I figured, hey, man, I stole it on accident. I'll put it back on accident. There yeah. you go. You know, and there was a time you could rack up some fees. You know, if you had a handful oh, yeah. of books and you something happened and you couldn't get books to back to the library, that was one of the things that was on your mind. My parents have dragged <laughs> me off to the beach, and I'm going to have to pay twelve bucks in fees when I get home. You know that sort of a thing. You know, oh, <laughs> well, wow. that doesn't happen anymore though, because so most libraries today have just waived the fees. And that's I, yeah, I th- you can't deter bad activity by eliminating the punishment for the bad activity you just can't it's just dumb <laughs> go back and wait a minute what was the um the the video store the big blockbuster yeah, video right yeah. remember yes the de- the beginning of the end for them was mm-hmm. when they waived late fees they yep. did a whole promotion and marketing thing no more late fees and right. realized right then that over a <laughs> third of their profitability was gone <laughs> overnight gone. yep overnight you'd think these people would learn that but no and there's this guy like this guy in new jersey a new jersey library says a former patron released recently hello returned a book he checked out 75 years ago the jersey free uh, city free public library said job uh, bob jablonski wow I can't read today. Bob Jablonski, he's 89. He wow. checked out Odin Rudolph's book, Hitler, from the James J. Ferris High School branch in 1947. Jablonski said he recently rediscovered the book while reorganizing his family home and wanted to make sure it found its way back to the library. Librarian said the book remains in perfect condition and still has its original reference card. Officials <laughs> said Jablonski will not have to pay any fees for the 75-year overdue book because the <laughs> facility went fine-free in March of last year. Wow. The Winnipeg Public Library, the Winnipeg Public Library said earlier in August that a copy of Baseball by Daniel E. Jesse was recently returned to its Dropbox after being due back June 18th, 1974. Wow. That library also eliminated fees in 2021. Wow. You know, if they hadn't eliminated fees, both of these libraries could have brand spanking new coffee makers. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show, and uh, it's a great day. Man, oh, it really is. Yeah. Just appreciate y'all being part of it. Uh, you know, Mark, you and I have made many comments over the years about how great the state of Alabama is. Yeah. And how we really don't want people from other parts of the country coming here and ruining it. And um, I, I say that because I have lived in other parts of the country and I have family all over the country. But the one consistent thing that we have in my family is that while I was born and raised in Southern California, um, like all my other relatives, we all left, you know? Yeah. And they, I'm trying to think if anybody has, I know we, they've gone back for certain things. But I don't have anybody still living in Southern California that I'm aware of. I right. have to think yeah. about it. But anyway, yesterday, I don't know if you caught this, but there's a little back and forth between um, our governor of the great state of Alabama, Gay Ivy, and Gavin Newsom of California. Because uh, Gavin Newsom was talking about how out there they used their COVID relief money, the state did, um, for education, you know, for furthering whatever. Mm-hmm. And in Alabama, we used it to build a couple of bigger prisons. Right. And... It was a whole thing yesterday, and um, it was just kind of funny because I thought, you know, Alabama gets a bad rap, you know, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. 
But when Gavin Newsom calls out the state of Alabama, and again, we know we got the rocket, we got the rocket and FBI stuff all up in Huntsville. It is one of the most technologically advanced places in America. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Uh, Mobile. Orange Beach, the Gulf is wonderful. Mm-hmm. There are so many historical things in this yeah, state. In it Birmingham really and medicine, is. medicine in Birmingham. Yeah, I think UAB oh, is one of the UAB. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yep. So Gavin Newsom sends out a tweet yesterday, and it says a lot of talk about education and choice from these GOP governors. Let's look at the choices they're making. When states received new federal money, California gave 3.5 million kids college savings accounts. Alabama spent it on two supersized prisons. Actions speak louder than words. <laughs> and so Governor Ivy decided to respond. And this is what she wrote. And Governor, folks are making their choice, leaving California in droves and calling <laughs> red states like Alabama home. Down here, we're focused on public safety. And if we're talking COVID relief, we invested billions in our students. Common sense. That's the Alabama way. <laughs> there you go. Yep. And this is from somebody whose family gravitated to the West Coast in the post World War II boom. Okay, and then left. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just. Yep. And now we're all over. Yeah. Like so many people have left. I mean, there are still people moving to California for various reasons, yeah. but there are more people moving out of California than there are moving yep. into California. Well, you know, you and I talked about it on and off the air. The, yeah, yeah. It's interesting when, and I, I told Mark this, we were talking yesterday about just in like, use the, uh, use the, the entertainment business. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because in reality, if you are going to be an actor, you need to be where the act, you know, where they get hired. Right. I'm talking about New York, yeah. LA, you know, you can work in Atlanta and you can live in a lot of different areas, but you actually do need to be out there. If yeah. you know, as you, you build your career, once you're yeah. older and, and you're established, you can live wherever you want. Right. But yeah. you know, that's it, true. You, because they call you at, you know, eight o'clock on a uh, Thursday morning to be at an audition at 10, you know, you, you got to be there. Right. Um, so yeah, anyway, do. that's true. But it, other industries, and as we've seen Tesla, moving yeah. their operations out of California and other, other businesses have moved their businesses out of California because the tax, right. the tax at <laughs> environment there oh. is just ridiculous. And it's hard yeah. to do things. It's hard to relate with your employees because the, the way they rule things in California is just upside down and the tax. Well, it's yeah. just crazy. It's just yeah, crazy it in is. California. It's not based on reality at all. It's all right. It's all based on leftist theory yep. and, that that oh, yeah. left wing theory has never been successful. It's never worked. But it's well, you know, funny they always say it'll work because we're doing it. The wrong people right, did it before. You know. If you remember, if you remember Reagan back in the day when he was governor of California, and um, they had the the big thing at Berkeley, um, where uh, on the college campus, um, and I know we're going long, but this yeah. is quick. Reagan, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, he, <clears throat> pardon me, he was governor and. There were these hippie protesters led by this this hippie psychology professor. And there was an area of the college that had always been earmarked for as the college grows. This area over here is going to be turned into a parking lot, but we don't need that parking lot right now. So it's just going to be a grassy area to do whatever. Right. But it had always been part of the plan that as the college grew, this would be parking lot. And so the college grew. 
and the time came, we've got to make this grassy area into what it was intended for all along parking lot. And they didn't like the students and this professor, they didn't like that. <laughs> they were just horrible, evil, you know, and so they protested. And, you know, the bottom line was Reagan was at the as the governor of California, just he shut them down. He said, what yeah. is there to negotiate? Yeah. This was always the plan. You're wrong. We're right. Move and just drop the hammer on them, you know? Yep. It's just, it's crazy though that it's this whole idea of protesting and, you know, needing support animals and crap like that. It's not new. It's no. been going on for my entire lifetime. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know as we get the back to school stuff going on every year um, there have been uh, i say every year over the last several years there have been a number of stories about bulletproof backpacks yeah and uh, this is something that has been going on for over 20 years that i'm aware of and it probably mm -hmm. goes back further than that but it still is a shocker you know when you it really is. get into it and you think I gotta. Uh, I have to use this option to protect my child. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just. I mean, really, Mark. I. I don't know where you go from there. Yeah. But well, the, hey, man, back to school with a bulletproof backpack, yeah, baby. They, like you said, they've been uh, a niche item for a long time. And lately, more parents are seeing them as a necessity. The thing is, okay. Before I get into this, I need to say something, and that is that school shootings, even though they're high profile in the news are extremely rare they're so rare they, they they the one of the reasons they're so shocking and so horrible in the news is because they just don't happen and they're trying to make it uh, those who are anti-gun are trying to make it look like there's a there's like an epidemic of this happening and when you actually look at the stats they're so rare that doesn't that doesn't take away the shock and the horror of it but still they're very rare but there's a company called toughy packs it sells uh, almost 20 models of bulletproof or bullet-resistant backpacks, ranging in price from a $137 sling-style pack to a $297 model called Tactical Rush. Then there's bodyguard backpacks, which have a bulletproof shield that slides out of the backpack over your head onto your chest. The company's Level 3 backpack weighs 13 pounds. That one, it'll set you back 800 bucks. There's even a category for bulletproof backpacks on Amazon now. And that, that, that's the level of fear that's been generated. Wow. Yeah, man. You know, that is, um, just, it's just amazing when you think about what has transpired over the last, you know, however many years. Mm -hmm. And if you actually go and look, historically speaking, one of the worst, uh, school shootings happened in the 20s the 1920s right okay just to give you a heads up 100 yeah. years ago and there have been a number of times over the years where something crazy has happened because mm -hmm. there are crazy people that right. do crazy things yeah. and uh anyway it's just a sad reality that i wish uh more people would look into and um, know that i'm not gonna say it you know what i love you and i hope people will open their minds and realize that yeah. many times many times Real events are used by politicians true for their own political hack desires. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these events that appear to be real are not leaving it at that. And we right. will move on because you know what, Mark coming up, we got a California monkey. Oh, 
liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show. And as we wind down this August day that feels more like October, <laughs> we leave you with a monkey and a zoo in California <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah. a 911 call, Mark. And yep. believe it or not, I know the places that we're dealing with in this story. My, uh, <laughs> my family, I just mentioned how all my family has moved out. Yeah. Well, before we moved out, we lived. I mean, I actually summered. I actually spent a summer in Paso Robles, believe it or wow. not. So here we go. <laughs> well, the San Luis. As Ab- Casey Kasem used to say, on with the countdown. <laughs> the San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office believes it was a little capuchin monkey that called 911 from a zoo last Saturday night. The call disconnected, and dispatchers tried to call and text back, but there was no response. So deputies were sent to investigate. The address turned out to be the zoo to you near Paso Robles. But the deputies found that no one there made the call. They finally deduced that a capuchin monkey named, uh, wow, it's spelled route, but that can't be right, uh, <laughs> had uh, apparently picked up the zoo's cell phone, which was in a golf cart used to move around the property. They said, we're told capuchin monkeys are very inquisitive and will grab anything and everything and just start pushing buttons. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So the the monkey calls 911. (laughs) Apparently, they're not happy with their food or something. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, you know what he was reporting. You know, you know exactly what they were reporting. Oh, my. (laughs) They've gone from flinging stuff to dialing the cops. I love it. Uh-huh. Love it. But which animal was selling the lemonade? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm.